Welcome back to the Sendable Insider Podcast series, where we talk about what's happening behind the scenes at our SaaS company and share useful advice for social media marketers working in agencies, as well as in-house. My name is Veronica, and I'm on the marketing team at Sendable. In this episode, we'll be highlighting how you can use content pillars to create consistency and structure when implementing a social media strategy. And who better to ask than Ellie, our content marketer, who recently wrote an article on the what, how, and why of using content pillars that's now available on our blog, Sendable Insights. Say hi, Ellie. Hi. All right. Before we start, can you tell us a little bit more about your role at Sendable, what you're up to, and what they can expect from this episode if they listen in until the end? Yeah. So I'm the content writer here at Sendable. I tend to write about sort of social media best practices and sort of content practices and that sort of thing. So that was obviously where this article was born. Um, And I think if you listen to the podcast until the end, you're going to learn a bit more about obviously content pillars, but how to structure your content pillars, why they're useful sort of for your content strategy. And also you'll get a few sort of little insights and little examples into how to yeah, create your own content pillars and some industry examples as well. So it should be really useful. That's super exciting. Thanks so much, Ellie. All right. I guess we can dive into the questions and then we'll have some practical examples for you later. So question number one to you, Ellie, for those of us who don't know, can you explain what content pillars are? Yeah, so they sometimes go by different names. You might hear them as content pillars or you might hear them as content buckets or themes or groups. But essentially, that that is a group of terms that refer to the same thing, which is that you have a set of themes that you would want to talk about potentially on social media if you're a social media marketer. And these themes should all sort of relate to your brand and they basically help to uphold your content strategy, hence why they're called pillars. So basically, these pillars should relate to common goals in your content strategy or your social media strategy. And an example of a content pillar would be behind the scenes content or industry news. And basically, you would center certain posts on social media, if you're a social media marketer, around that particular theme. I definitely have heard even more different variations of that word. Thanks for explaining. And why would you say content pillars are useful for social media marketers? Yeah, so there's absolutely loads of really good reasons why you should be using content pillars. They, for starters, sort of add a consistency and they give you a direction. So if you've, if you've decided in your social media strategy that you're going to focus around three content pillars, you always have those sort of earmarkers that you can go towards when you're going to create content because one massive issue with sort of social media marketing or social media posting is that it's so difficult to for social media managers to decide what they want to post um it's almost like you've got all of the choice and you're paralyzed by that choice and you think about your brand and you think about what could be relevant and there's so many different ways you could go so one thing that's great about content pillars is that they just act as as these sort of points of reference where you can go, right, what do I want to post on a Tuesday? I know what I can post on Tuesday. I've got a blog about content pillars. 
I've got a video about content pillars that I can use to promote on social and it all sort of comes together. So it definitely helps to add consistency and direction to your social media strategy. Also, when you consistently post these different types of content pillars, say you've got four, your audience on social media will begin to recognize these and it becomes sort of intertwined with your brand identity. So people will look on your social channels and say, oh, they're posting social media best practices today, or they're posting behind the scenes content, or they're posting industry news, and they become associated, those particular content pillars become associated with your brand, which is a really great thing for consistency. So yeah, and also just on that note, when people look at your social channels when they're sort of heading in, prospecting whether or not they want to become your client or whether or not they want to buy your product. These content pillars, they're a real great sort of way to quickly show people what your brand is all about and whether or not they would want to follow you or whether or not they're interested in your content. So they're a great decider for people of whether or not they want to engage with your brand further. So yeah, I'd I'd say those are the sort of main benefits or positive things about using content pillars. There's just so many. (laughs) What will we do? Yeah, definitely. I think what we're all looking for is this sort of sense of consistency. And I think content pillars can really bring that. So yeah. Perfect. And um, are there any specific benefits for agencies using content pillars for their clients? Um, So we've obviously just gone through like the benefits of using them. But I think if you're working for an agency, one of the things that is always going to be an issue is time and the fact that you've got so much to do, your your time is spread so thin. And I think if you have those very specific sort of avenues that you're going to use for a brand for their content, it just makes things so much quicker. And you've got like a ready-made content strategy with your pillars, as opposed to basically logging in and saying, right, what am I going to post today? And I think sort of working alongside like a social media management tool, your content pillars can really help to plan basically and save you time. So that's one sort of really great um, benefit for agencies. And also just like streamlining your content creation workflow. So as I sort of mentioned before, you might decide that you have a behind the scenes uh, at our company content pillar. And if you can then align your blog, your podcast, your social media to basically streamline all of those sort of different types of content and then post them alongside each other, it saves a lot of time and it sort of looks very flowy. (laughs) So that's always a good thing. So yeah, another great thing about using content pillars when you're an agency working for a client is that, you know, clients will know what to expect because you have already briefed them on the sorts of content that you're going to be posting and therefore they're going to be much more in line and they're going to understand much more about what you're posting because it's very set and it's very consistent so yeah they're the sort of great things about using content pillars when you're an agency that's really great advice ellie especially on the approvals because as we all know the less approvals needed the less feedback is sent back and forth the faster we can produce content so thanks so much for that say one of our listeners is very inspired right now and they would like to start using content pillars right away 
how would you say they should approach this? What are the steps? Yeah. So um, first of all, I would think about your audience and I think about the sort of content that they want to see. Maybe you could even do a social media audit just to have a look at the kinds of content that work on social and maybe that you might want to start reproducing or, um, on, or to scale. And also think about the products and services that you offer and how they can be translated into social media posts or different sorts of content pillars. And yeah, just generally think about your ideal customer persona and what sort of content they want to see and what's useful and relevant to them. So in terms of like thinking about your brand's marketing personas, you could think about what your target audience is interested in and sort of generally how your social media presence can help with your target audience's pain points. Also, in terms of sort of formulating your content pillars, you could carry out some competitive research and you could look at what your competitors are doing, you know, spot trends in what their social presence looks like and what works for them as well. Um, because if you're sort of angling towards the same audience, the likelihood is that if it works for them, it will probably work for you as well. So, yeah, I think sort of upon creating your content pillars, sort of after doing all of these steps, just really hone in on what your audience is going to want and what's relevant to your audience as opposed to sort of anyone else's. So to be honest, they are all of the steps that we would take here at Sendable when creating content pillars. We looked at what everybody else is doing, thought about how we could sort of be unique, but then also be helpful and be useful. And yeah, I think it's just a really solid way to, as we said before, create consistent content and work out what your audience wants. So yeah. Thanks so much for that, Ellie. And how many content pillars should a brand have realistically? Yeah, so there's a lot of contention and then there's a lot of different opinions. I mean, some advice will differ, but we would recommend sort of a min minimum of three content pillars for a smaller brand and then upwards of even seven for medium sized brands. I think what you need to remember is, you know, how big is your team? How big are your how big are your pockets? How many resources do you have? And what's realistic for you to sort of keep consistent with? Because obviously there's no point creating your content pillars if you then deviate from them because you don't have the time to producing content. So just, yeah, really look at your resources and just look at what's relevant to your audience. And maybe don't try and be too ambitious. Start small and, you know, sort of scale up as, as you see success. So, yeah. So that's three to seven, depending on the size of the brand. I'd say so, yeah. All right, Ellie, thanks so much for all of that good advice. Uh, let's see how this would work in practice. So me and Ellie have prepared some broad and specific examples of different brands that you can gain inspiration from. And the first example that we have is pretty broad, but very coveted, and it's fun consumer products. So Ellie, over to you. What kind of content pillars could you come up with for a fun consumer brand? Yeah, so for a fun consumer sort of product, it's the easiest thing to try and market, I think, on social media because there are so many different ways you can go with it. So um, a great example would be sugar bear vitamins. You see them a lot on Instagram. I think they're, they're in ads. You will have, I'm sure, scrolled across one before. They have a brilliant content pillar setup that's fairly easy to identify when you go through their 
grid especially on instagram they have um definitely got a user generated content pillar so you know screenshots from their people that have bought their product and then are sort of promoting it that's a great way to build trust so a really good way to go with content pillar they also have lots of sort of aspirational posts you know beauty goals that sort of thing that could be an example of a of a content pillar they do beauty tips that could also be something that could be great just in general sort of any sort of tip based advice is really good um carousel posts on instagram you know that people can scroll through that's a great thing to go with self-care and health advice particularly sort of mental health advice that's a really good content pillar for lots of different brands because it helps to show brand affinity it helps to show that you're on a level with your consumers and yeah sort of promotions competitions you know running a competition to get people to tag you in certain products or tag themselves and tag their friends or share on their stories that could be a great way to go for a fun consumer brand also behind the scenes content could be really great just sort of showing what happens day to day particularly with a beauty brand or a fun product because obviously people are so interested in that stuff um, and and how things are put together so yeah they could be some potential content pillars thanks so much and um the other example i have another broad one so it would be a service brand either in b2c so business to consumer or b2b business to business say a law firm accountants real estate agents doctors what kind of potential pillars could you suggest here yeah so i think when you're this sort of brand on social media the the best or the the sort of most a poignant strategy to go with is to create trust and sort of share knowledge because when you're coming from a place of you know law accountancy real estate you want to you know people people want to identify with those sorts of companies because they are asking them for advice so therefore you should sort of be a point of authority on social media so sharing useful free tips you know how to put a valuation on your house if you're a real estate agent or you know how to spot symptoms of a certain illness if you're a doctor and um, that could be really useful and also because again we were sort of saying that these are quite serious businesses you want to sort of show that people have used your business and or your brand and basically had success with it so sort of sharing quotes or video testimonials from people who are satisfied customers satisfied patients people who have just got their first house and are really pleased with the process that could be really good as a way to show trust and authenticity and authority in terms of sort of technology you could always share industry news about the latest advancements you know just to show that you're on the cutting edge you can have conversations with your followers about that stuff and just in general um with as i've just said these sort of businesses that require trust i think getting your sort of company's face out there and showing who you really are and showing who your staff or your brand staff really are is a great thing to do so video content it's the type of content that works better on all social media channels i think so it's a great way to way to go perfect thanks so much the next example is a little bit more specific and it's in the hospitality industry ellie what kind of content pillars would you come up with for a restaurant or a hotel 
So for a restaurant or hotel, again, they're quite a fun and easy in some ways industry to satisfy on social media because you can have so many sort of promo PR close-up photos you know beautiful photography that's a great way to go especially on Instagram so that could be a great way to sort of go with a content pillar also you could have a seasonal specials pillar where you post photos of what's going to be on the menu for that particular month or that particular season and that could be really cool as a content pillar sort of tips on if you're a hotel you could provide advice on booking a getaway you know if you had a blog post on that as well that could be a great sort of way to align your strategy one brand or restaurant that's doing really well on social media is five guys and they have a really great instagram a great twitter and they tend to sort of ask their followers regular questions and that seems like on twitter that's their content pillar sort of encouraging engagement through just asking questions and trying to get feedback and just being generally quite humorous so yeah also as sort of previously mentioned for a restaurant or hotel user-generated content is great you know if you have the budget for influencers that's going to be a really nice professional way to go with user-generated content and you could get some great videos or shots from them and yeah just sort of any sort of local travel tips if you're a hotel or events that happening you know people discussing the sites to see blog posts on that would also work really well and translate really well onto social media so they could be some great ideas nice thanks so much The next example we have here is an e-commerce clothing shop. What kind of pillars could we have here? So you could have a pillar where you share new products, you know, what's new in stock. How are people, if it's a clothing shop, how are people wearing it? How would you style it? I don't know whether, you know, never fully dressed the clothing brand, but they are all over Instagram and that is pretty much how they structure their content. It's just constantly what's new, how are people wearing it, how can we style it? So that could be a really good way to go. You could have a pillar where you talk about advice for what to wear to different occasions, a birthday, a wedding, that sort of thing. Um, you could also sort of align that with blog posts where you could link to your products and that sort of thing. Also, you could have a customer care pillar where you provide information on deliveries, the availability of products, you know, how long it takes to return things, that sort of thing. And as we said before, user-generated content is always a great way to go, especially with clothing, because you can really see the product and you and people who are looking at your social media channels will really be able to sort of envision how they look, which is great. So yeah. Perfect. Thanks so much, Ellie. And the final practical example I have here is a university. Uh, what kind of content pillars could we have here? Uh, so for a university, it's obviously, it's sort of quite a difficult thing to try and promote if you're not clever about it. But what a lot of universities are seeing or are doing at the moment with their strategies is incorporating their students. And lots of people, lots of universities are utilizing Snapchat and Instagram and TikTok to basically use their students to give tours and just sort of provide that unique perspective on their institution so that could be a really cool way to go just sort of behind the scenes stuff you know showing what's in the canteen showing how to get into the library showing what sort of books are available that could be a great content pillar also just generally 
news and industry changes to regulations obviously as we mentioned before coronavirus has massively impacted universities as well so any sort of information that you can provide students would be great because obviously as we know the first place that people check when they want to find something out is generally social media especially regarding businesses so yeah just providing that information is really really helpful also just promoting events freshers fairs that sort of thing that could be a great content pillar and yeah um there's lots of things you could do really but there are just a couple Thanks so much, Ellie. All of this was absolutely wonderful. Thanks so much for all of the advice. Are there any final pieces of advice or tips that you'd like to share before we wrap up this episode? Yeah, so obviously creating content and sort of working it into your strategy can be very overwhelming, but content pillars are such a great way to sort of discipline all that content that you have and drive it into certain avenues that create structure. So I definitely would really recommend that you try and come up with them just to straighten out your strategy. And yeah, try and be as creative as you can with content pillars. You don't need to be reinventing the wheel. You can basically you know, pick three, as we said before, three to seven, and just experiment really and try and find what works for your brand. Thanks so much, Ellie. That was a great point. And thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that you got to the end of this episode. We hope that it was very useful for you. And if it was, please share it on social media. We'd really appreciate it. Or just let us know how you enjoyed it. I just want to remind you that you can always find more useful articles on our blog, Sendable Insights. Um, And we're only one message away if you need any kind of advice. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you.